Hey, we're Todd and Kristen. Join us as we learn to become fearless in love. Well, welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast. And I, Kristen said like two times ago, third time's a charm. This is number five, I think. I was just trying to get an introduction done on this episode. So That is true. Oh, so we are praying that the Lord will give us the words and this maybe this one will be the one, honey. Yes, yes. I think this is a, I don't know, we, we literally have had technical difficulties, relational difficulties, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get this, this episode oh. started even. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And I, I think it's because this is really an important episode and it's, it's, a beginning of a conversation that I think is going to be interesting for everybody, challenging probably, uh, has been for us in, in a lot of ways, but also one that has felt very true mm-hmm. to us. Yes. And last week we started this discussion. We really encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode. We've had a fair amount of conversation with people following last week's episode and people were really saying this is such an important conversation to have and one that is kind of causing a shifting of thinking. And that's really what we were hoping to have happen as we started this conversation. And today we're going to zero in on just the idea that Sex is a need that a man has. And then this explicit or implicit expectation that seems to be placed on women that it's their responsibility to meet that need. Mm -hmm. And we think that whole topic has had a really detrimental impact Mm -hmm. on everybody Mm -hmm. who has kind of bought into that idea. And so, yeah, so we're going to try to dive into it. I think we have seen in our own lives and we've seen in the lives of people that we've really been able to dive into this topic with the power of beginning to shift that thinking Mm -hmm. and just the ways that that can have such a profound impact on a relationship and not only on relationship, but just individually, the like the weight that can be lifted and the understanding that can be gained mm-hmm. from just beginning to rethink that idea. Yes, and amen. Yeah, and the thing I feel like I heard from multiple people is the amount of pressure that puts on both parties. I mean, it's, it is... It's a pressure-filled expectation on both sides, and it's just not, it's not fruitful. And mm-hmm. as we have dived in, we just can see it's just contrary to who God is, what his relationship with the church looks like, and it just it doesn't make any sense in that context as right. we have as we have learned that marriage oneness 
is meant to reflect Christ in the church. And so that's, I think, what we're going to, one of the avenues that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I think what we want to do today is truly just kind of let you in on the conversations that we've been having and just kind of be able to almost listen in and begin to think about these things uh, on your own. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea, I think, of that duty that we talked about, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And I tell you what, the, the more we look at that chapter, the beginning of 1 Corinthians 7, I don't know, the, the more challenging it is to just wrap our heads around what, mm-hmm. what Paul is really trying to communicate there. Mm-hmm. And remember, it's following the discussion on sexual immorality where Paul is saying that the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And then he's saying, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So just he's continually referring back to the body, the importance of the body, the and then, but then also he's referring to this, this relationship between our body and our relationship with the Lord and how those are intertwined with each other. And so just looking at first Corinthians seven, there obviously was a letter that was written to Paul or a question that was asked of Paul that we don't know what the question was. And I think that's part of the challenge in interpreting this section of scripture is that we don't really know what question was asked of him, but he says now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman, her own husband. So we don't know what question was asked there. We know that that follows immediately that discussion on sexual immorality and we're specifically the statement that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and that we were bought with a price and that we're supposed to glorify God in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So we know that. And then he's saying now about that question. Mm -hmm. So it's hard hard to even know how to approach it know what that is because we don't know what the question is i kind of have assumed like i think i know what the question was but i don't really Mm -hmm. know what the question was i mean what i've always assumed that the question was something along the lines of if there is so much sexual immorality and as we talked about that culture prostitution was even brought into into worship and so it feels like there was a question that was just saying hey if that's what sex is all about, isn't it better just to totally distance ourselves from it? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it better just to not even have anything to do with it mm-hmm. because it's so bad? Right. And, and I think that teaching through history has led to a lot of challenges because it's like we want to take something that has been twisted and because it's been twisted, we want to just throw it out altogether because it seems easier than figuring out how to untwist it mm-hmm. or trying to figure out how to get to the root, you know, of what's really going on. And wouldn't that be what the enemy would want us to do? Throw it out completely. A hundred percent. So that they don't experience the glory that God intended that will reflect 
our relationship with him that is so glorious, that is eternal, that is beyond our comprehension, of course the enemy wants us to throw it out completely. Right, because the things that have the most power, the things that have the ability to draw us mm-hmm. close to mm-hmm. God and to, to better understand who he is, his character, his love, and sex is at the top of that list. Of course, that's the thing that if you can twist that, then you've, you've done a lot of damage in terms right. of people understanding who God is. Right. And so, yeah, I've always pictured that like there was some kind of question like that. And Paul's saying, well, yeah, if, if that's what it is, then yeah, it's probably better for, not probably better, it is better for a man not to be with a woman. And then he brings it back. He says, well, but because of the temptation and because of sexual immorality, each man should have a, a wife and a wife, a husband. He goes on to say, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. I think, Kristen, in the NLT, it says a husband should meet his wife's sexual needs. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and likewise, the wife to her husband. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but I have always heard the teaching around that just is the second part of that, that a man has a need and the wife's supposed to meet it. But that's not what Paul starts with. He actually starts with a husband should meet his wife's sexual needs, or right. in this case, you know, should, should give his wife her conjugal rights. Right. So that's the first miss, I mm-hmm. think, that has, that has occurred in this global discussion. I think global discussion within the, the church or the expectations that, that are mm-hmm. placed on women and, and even the, the expectation that's placed on a man that, hey, you've got this need and you got to have mm-hmm. somebody meet it because if you don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess you're mm-hmm. going to... I don't know what. Apparently you're going to die. <laughs> Apparently you're going to die. So so there's a miss there at the very beginning mm-hmm. because truly Paul's saying, let's start the other way. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk in the next couple of weeks about the mm-hmm. Jewish tradition and things we talked a little bit about last week, but you're going to see that actually that makes a lot more sense when we start mm-hmm. to think about that. And if you think about what Kristen said a little bit ago about sexual oneness is the idea that's reflecting the relationship between Christ and the church. And in that relationship, the church is the bride and Christ is the the bridegroom. So when you begin to think about that, does it make sense in that context to say that the bridegroom has a need that we somehow have to meet? Right. That Jesus has a need that we somehow have to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't need anything from no, us. I'm he sorry. Does <laughs> he, does he doesn't need us to meet a need in right. him. Right. And so if you start even just at that place mm-hmm. and then begin to think, well, then what, what might that mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question. So think about, forget the last however long where we've had these conversations, you and me. Prior to that, mm-hmm. how often did you even consider that you had sexual needs? Oh. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much I didn't. You didn't? No. no. And, and, and do you feel like you're alone in that? that no. 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 And I think the conversations you've had with women, even, even this week, you had reached out to some of your friends and asked just a question around this, mm-hmm. like what... 
like how has this impacted you this and mm-hmm. and it was you know the conversation was you know it was this teaching of yeah of the the duty mentality right the duty mentality right and yeah the response to that idea is very much i have zero desire mm-hmm. because, and, and why yeah well, so what what, yeah, what was the, the feedback of the reason for the no the reason desire? is because it is it's it's something that it makes me feel controlled mm-hmm it makes me feel pressure. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I don't have a choice. I just have to do it to be a good wife. Um, it makes me have fear if I would even consider not. Is that does that mean my husband will be mad at me? Will reject me? Will mm-hmm. leave me? Even right? Um, yeah. So I just think about God, how He gives us a free will. We can choose whether we are going to receive his love. Right. And that's God's heart. And if he made us do that, that's not love. Right. And so we don't function well as humans with feeling like we are being controlled. A child doesn't, a child rebels if they feel like they're being controlled. It, it just doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it, it just, it's not. It's a it's a terrible message. It is a very destructive message, right? And and it's just completely inconsistent with the idea that sexual oneness is a representation of that relationship mm-hmm. between Christ and the church. For the reasons you just said, yeah. that yeah, and and I yes, exactly. And those women that I, that I did also talk to women who were not taught that, mm-hmm. and it seems like those women they've almost felt like there's something wrong with them because, because of this overall commentary of, of hearing that, even though maybe they didn't hear that growing up, but they have, they've known they have sexual desires and wants and longings and almost like what's wrong with me that I have all of these longings when apparently women aren't supposed to have that. Right. And my husband's supposed to have that, but I'm not. And that it's so sad because that's so beautiful that they actually have that. They realize that they recognize that they are, they allow their bodies to feel that and experience that. And that is, I think that's so much more in line with the reality of the way God designed us. I mean, so much more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that interesting though, mm-hmm. that again, it's there's the, you can see so clearly the twisting. So yes. if you are a woman who is in, touch with your sexual mm-hmm. desires then yeah. then you know, the voice is there must be something wrong with you right if you are you know thinking that it's a duty and and you're feeling controlled and all of those mm-hmm. things and so you're shutting all of that down mm-hmm. you feel like something's wrong with you <laughs> because because you've shut down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's like both sides of that mm-hmm. you can see the twisting yeah. that is so prevalent and I think the mm, we are the, here to untwist by the power exactly. of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's exactly right. It is, it is. and, and mm-hmm. so I think it's to me it's like so refreshing to to look at this and think, okay, so Paul's saying that me as a husband, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. not not to look to you. I have a responsibility first to meet your sexual needs. Mm-hmm. And so what that does for me is it says, huh, how do I do that? Yeah. How do I begin to learn you Mm -hmm. more, Mm -hmm. learn more about you, Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. 
what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think every man has learned at some level that's not just physical. Right. <laughs> and so if I'm going to meet that need in you, first, there's has to be an acknowledgement that, okay, she has a need, even if it doesn't feel like it because of all the twisting that's gone on. Mm-hmm. Or it may be buried deep because of all kinds of other things, but mm-hmm. how do I help her? How do I help you begin to discover that? Mm-hmm. And how do I give you the freedom to be able to even begin to consider mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. those desires and those needs. And how do we begin to open conversation and just mm-hmm. explore the idea? And I think what you just said is, how do I start a conversation? I think it has to start with a conversation mm-hmm. and realizing this is twisted. This mm-hmm. idea is twisted. Yep. And then having the conversation and asking your wife, how can I love you well? What do you feel like you need from me where you will genuinely feel love? Yep. And I think to start with that and saying, okay, let's, let's take pressure off. In fact, we even, it wasn't even that long ago where we had a time where you said, okay, we are just not going to have sex for a certain amount of time. We didn't know how long that was going to be. It, It wasn't terribly long, but because we need to focus on other aspects of our relationship still with touch, with intimacy. It was very, it ended up being an incredibly intimate time for mm-hmm. us between conversation and just non-sexual touch that was incredibly powerful. And then when we came back together sexually, it was way more powerful than before we took the break. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is so important to understand is having that conversation with each other and saying, okay, pressure is off. We're not even thinking about maybe sexual intimacy intercourse, you know, right now we're just thinking about how we can love each other. Well, how the man loving the wife through touch or whatever it is, and the wife learning to receive that and welcome that and feel that love and knowing that this is out of a place of my husband trying to love me. This is not my husband trying to get something from me. This is my husband. Actually, he wants to love me. And I believe deep down, a man wants that, period. But he's been taught that he needs some kind of sexual release. But the reality is what he really longs for is connection as well. But that's what he, that's that's his body saying, I want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to that connection than just a sexual thing. But it's a beautiful Oh, we can, there's just so much we could talk about. Yeah. But. Well, I think in that conversation, if you if if we haven't haven't gone there before, or you know, these are all new thoughts, and just saying, hey, let's we're going to have conversation about this. It can be really awkward. Mm-hmm. It can also likely lead to you know conflict and just tears, tears, and all this. <laughs> but I think you know maybe even even prior to the conversation, like like I asked you that question early on in, in our conversation now, like how often did you actually mm-hmm. even contemplate mm-hmm. desire, mm-hmm. sexual desire? Right. And the answer was not very much or not at all. Mm-hmm. And me just saying to you or, you know, the husbands out there that are, that are listening, saying to their wives, that was a really interesting mm-hmm. discussion that Todd and Kristen had on this podcast. <laughs> and I don't even know how to process that. Mm-hmm. But 
what I would love for you to do, and I'm going to do the same thing, is why don't you just spend some time having conversation with the Lord around that, mm-hmm. exploring your yourself and just asking the questions like, Lord, what desires did you put in me? How have I kind of suppressed that? How has it been twisted? Mm-hmm. And really just even beginning to open your mind to the mm-hmm. idea yes. that, huh, maybe I have been suppressing those things. Maybe I do really have desires that are just, I haven't even allowed myself to consider because I felt so much pressure from this idea that I have to have this responsibility to meet this, this need, Mm -hmm. you know, in my husband. So I think that may be even prior to the, well, the the conversation can be, Hey, why don't you take some time to, to process that? And then the husband, the same thing, just begin to take some time and say, okay, just kind of process around what, what really is this? If I, if I feel like I have a need, which it says that the wife is supposed to meet the husband, likewise, you know, the wife is to meet the husband Mm -hmm. is to begin to do the same thing and ask the Lord, what what is that need really? Mm -hmm. Is it just sexual release? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, that is not the need. And, and I think so often for men, I know for me for a long time, and I know a lot of men that I've talked to it, you know, just that the sense that, well, my wife feels like she has this duty, so she's going to, she's going to play along and she's going to give me a release. And, and then, then I'm supposed to be good for a while. And there's no connection in Mm -hmm. any of that, that is, that's, Mm -hmm meaningful connection. Right. You know, it's it really is just a let's check this box, mm-hmm. but it's not doing anything for oneness in the relationship. Right. And both parties are feeling like this is some kind of transaction that we're mm-hmm. entering into mm-hmm. and at the end of the transaction neither of us feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And that can't be that just can't be Mm-mm. what God desires for us in this area. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's it's just not the character of God. Right. And it's not a reflection of that relationship between Christ and the church. Right. And I keep thinking about how in the beginning you were talking about First Corinthians six and how Paul was talking about our bodies and being the temple of the Holy Spirit and how how important our bodies are and how we are to honor our bodies. And I, I keep thinking about how Todd wrote down um, recently, God's masterpiece made, and this was referring to our bodies. So God's masterpiece made by love for love, which we've talked about before, but really struck me as I just contemplate that a lot. So God's masterpiece, our bodies are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Our bodies are made by love, they're made by God, by love, for love. Mm-hmm. So I just, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> if we are using our bodies to love one another, that's going to be what, our, what we are made to do. It's going to be a good, good thing. And if we are using our bodies, whether it's to speak a word of life, whether it is a sexually intimate moment, if we are using our bodies to love the other person, then 
we are doing God's will. We are, we are using our bodies in a way that he designed them for. And so we're going to bring life to the relationship that is going to be able to reflect Christ in the church. And I mean, our job as married couples is to show the world, this dying world, who Jesus is and our relationship, what it looks like to have a relationship with him. I mean, that's why the enemy is so after marriage. So it's eternal. It's huge. But all that to say, I think if that is our filter, if we're looking at, are we loving this person well, saying, I need sex from you because I have a need and you're my only healthy outlet or whatever, morally acceptable outlet, you know, is that, is that extending God's love? And then for a woman to be like, okay, well, I'll, I, I guess I'll do it, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'll do it to make you happy. <laughs> you know, is that reflecting God's love? No. But when you picture a man saying to a wife, how can I love you well, doing that, and then a woman's receiving that and saying, and just receiving the goodness of that love and then loving back in in return, this powerful love, loving back like we do with Jesus when he loves us and we receive that love and we say, oh, I, Jesus, I just want more of you. I want more intimacy with you. I love you with all my heart. I want to spend more time with you. That's that overflow of that. And so that is a picture of God's masterpiece, our bodies made by love for love. And so I just think that's such a filter to to look through. And when we look at the Song of Songs, and there's just so much goodness and beauty in the Bible around sexual intimacy, because it is meant to reflect Christ in the church, but then there's the immorality because of the enemy. Right, right. So <laughs> we made it through one portion of one verse today, but <laughs> we're, we are running up against the time. And this is a start of this conversation, right. we're gonna we're gonna take our time yeah. on this because it is so mm-hmm. powerful. So this week, begin that conversation mm-hmm. and do what we talked about, even just exploring your own heart, your own desires, and then sharing with each other what you hear from the Lord as you mm-hmm. do that, and let go of just expectation and uh, try really, really hard to let go of but you don't understand what I need. You know, you don't understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Let go of that and just begin to allow yourselves to, to understand yourself more. Mm-hmm. You understand your own desires, understand your own heart, and then begin to have some conversation with each other around that. So that's the charge charge for this week. <laughs> and then we're going to come back and we're going to continue this discussion next time. So until then, Together, let's learn to love fearlessly.